0: back, everybody, to another episode of the Play for Keeps podcast. I'm Cameron Hay, at camera underscore Hay on Twitter. And, of course, I'm joined by Drew Williams, at Dope is Drew on Twitter. The NBA offseason is in full swing now. And it's fair to say that the NBA has the best offseason, it seems like, out of all the major sports when it comes to drama, action, player oh, movement, sure. anything of that.
1: Sure. I mean, the NBA has, like, become a, a player movement league, yeah. like a transaction league in a in a sense you know kind of the off season where all the moves are being made that would be like the most entertaining part other than like the finals yeah whole year
0: and so of course this past week the trade moratorium was lifted so teams were able to start making trades of course the nba draft happened on wednesday and free agency started on thursday night friday morning um so It's been a lot going on in this past week. We'll start with everything in chronological order as far as major moves. Get to talking about who we think won the NBA draft, who we think won free agency or has come out well through free agency so far. Let's rewind back to last Sunday when the first major trade of the NBA offseason was announced. It was the Los Angeles Lakers trading, their starting shooting guard Danny Green, and their first round pick in this this past week's draft to the Oklahoma City Thunder for backup point guard Dennis Schroeder, who finished second in six-man-of-the-year voting this past season. I think that trade was a shocker to everybody. I don't think anybody really saw the Lakers making a deal of that nature for somebody like Schroeder this offseason. How did you feel when you saw the trade go through? Were you surprised that they were able to move Danny Green's contract that easily for somebody of that caliber or were...
1: No, it definitely caught me off guard. I mean, I knew they were trying to move off of Danny Green, I mean, 15 mil. Yeah. We, we couldn't pay him that, <laughs> Evan the Laker. They, they couldn't afford to pay him that much money. But grabbing a guy like Schroeder and not having to give up, you know, anything really of value. I mean, I know that 28th pick. Yeah. You, you, you can get, like, a flyer at the end of the round. I know they got Kuzma at twenty. The Lakers
0: aren't, yeah. The Lakers aren't right now in a position where they're going to be looking to play rookies, heavy minutes. Yeah. Anyway, so. I so. mean,
1: we got way better value out of trading that for Dennis Schroeder. I, I really like the move for the Lakers. I mean, and obviously, Oklahoma, they're, like, you know, selling really low right now. They're just trying to get picks. Yeah.
0: And, they're trying to acquire draft picks and basically start a full rebuild, it looks like. Yeah. And so, I agree. The Lakers, if there was one weakness offensively for them this past season, it was the fact that LeBron LeBron was the only guy who could consistently create offense for himself and others in the half court off the bounce. Yeah. Rondo, of course, came on in the playoffs. He was a completely different player than he was in the regular season. Playoff Rondo proved to still be a thing, yeah. but course i'm pretty sure the lakers would want a little bit more stability throughout the regular season and the playoffs from a secondary ball handler and facilitator as well as a score off the bounce and schroeder is about as good of a get as you could find for the lakers for what they need they needed somebody off the bench in particular as well their bench unit really consisted of mm-hmm. rondo caruso kuzma and dwight howard yeah. that was their team they didn't none, nobody in that group is an elite playmaker playmaker off the bounce at this stage in their careers like yeah. caruso Mainly a cutter, spot-up shooter, Rondo in spurts. As we saw, if you only need it for about 12 games, you could get it out of him in the playoffs in that type of setting. But for an 82-game slate, this coming season, 72 games, and then a full playoff schedule, I don't know how consistent of a player he's going to be for you. And Schroeder at this point in his career is just a huge upgrade. I
1: mean, he shot 39% from three 47 from the field yeah on five attempts yeah like i I think charlotte will fit in very well with the lakers have going
0: and so that was the first major move that kind of kick-started this entire nba offseason as far as free agency trades and everything like that tuesday before the draft we saw the milwaukee bucks pull off the second biggest trade or not the second biggest the second trade that made shockwaves throughout the league trading Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. And I believe three future first-round picks
1: Going all in for Drew Holiday.
0: How do you feel about them trading two point guards for Drew Holiday and those picks? I think Holiday is clearly better than both of those players. But does this solve their issues that they had already with their team? Does this make them significantly better, get them over the hump? To not only get past the second round, but into the NBA Finals with Giannis while he's facing the last year of his contract.
1: I think they might have given up too much. Now, I, I think Drew Holiday, like you touched on, is obviously a lot better than Bledsoe or George Hill. But I think their main issue was having like a consistent guard that can like create points. And I think Drew yeah. Holiday can score. Yeah. If they would have gotten Drew Holiday three or four years ago, I'd be like, wow, you know, really, really big move. But I, I don't think Drew Holiday is a point guard.
0: No, I don't think at this point he's, great, he's a point guard. And, oh, has he ever d-
1: really been a point guard? I mean, he's played point guard. He yeah. made an all-star game playing point guard.
0: Yeah, but it seems like he's always been more of a combo. Even back to his days in high school and at UCLA, Yeah, he's always been more of a combo guard.
1: Yeah, but they're probably going to use him as their primary ball for sure out there. with. <clears throat> and they didn't get ba- uh, Bogdanovich I was, like that's what I thought what I was gonna that they to, were yeah. going to do. Now, had they have got Bogdanovich paired, who can handle the ball a little bit, he can make plays, he can shoot. He can, you know, do a little bit of everything. Having him with Drew Holiday and Middleton on the wing, I think that would have been, you know
0: that would have made them a lot better. Very,
1: very, very good. Yeah, I was but. gonna
0: I was gonna get into that a little bit later, but we're gonna get into it now. The trade that didn't go through, the sign in trade with Bogdanovich, apparently the Bucks broke league protocol because free agency didn't technically start until Thursday night, Friday morning. Right. So for them to have a sign in trade agreed to it means you are tampering or talking I mean, to the free agents. I feel agency like
1: early. every year we know shams, woes, whoever—they're gonna like break the news at twelve oh one midnight. Yeah, but they New broke York. this two days
0: before. Yeah, this was the issue. This was two days before yeah, free but, agency mean, we started. We
1: all know everything is already in agreement. I feel like the NBA picking hairs. I mean, they well, find they find the Lakers every time they do it too. So I'm, they have mean, the largest. I'm happy, line. you know, another team will get the hammer, but
0: I don't think this is picking hairs. To be honest with you. How hard is it for you to just wait until Thursday if you're the Bucks to announce yeah. the deal? How hard is it to wait? The issue also is that apparently Bogdanovich didn't agree to the deal; he wasn't signing with Milwaukee, so right. that's also a big issue that would have held the trade up regardless. But I think, like you said, teams talk and they have a lot of these deals with players or trades. Everything mm-hmm. this stuff is all figured out before the official dates for free agency and trades being able to be constructed go through right but yeah i think the bucks kind of you just can't jump the gun in that nature when it's when the guy's a free agent i think you just gotta just wait two days like if he would have agreed to it if he would have agreed to it and they'd waited until thursday night friday morning and it would have went through nobody would have thought anything about it because like you said yeah. shams and, and Wolch literally when the clock hits midnight <laughs> they're sending tweets through immediately you're getting all the news asap so it's not like these deals weren't in the works already these people aren't just calling these teams at midnight and yo i have a three-year deal for you let's sign it the bucks i'm interested to see how their season goes like now because i agree with you if they would have gotten bogdanovich and drew holiday and that's their starting backcourt or if bogdanovich was a six man i don't know what role he would have played in particular but he'd have definitely been out there in a closing lineup with them I mean, with,
1: now they're probably going to run. I mean, they lost Wes Matthews because the Lakers obviously grabbed him yeah. too. But they're probably going to have uh, Dante DiVincenzo out there with Drew Holiday.
0: I just don't think that that's – I don't like that, that, that backcourt that much. I think you still kind of run into similar issues that you had with the previous team. They're going to be really good in regular season like they have been. And, of course, a guy like Giannis just raises your floor in the regular, in the regular season. Giannis is going to – you're going to win – 50 games with them. They'll probably they they can win 50 games in a 72 game season with with Giannis. You just when you have a guy 50, that plays that hard,
1: in play.
0: Yeah, I think that's in play for sure. So they're gonna be great in regular season, but in the playoffs, I think their fate is still gonna come down to is Giannis gonna be able to make mid range jump shots consistently, or space the floor, or just create offense for himself in a half court. Because that's really been the main issue Teams can just build the wall on Giannis As we've seen two consecutive post-seasons yep. And if that still Proves to be effective for a third Straight year, I don't think it matters What Drew Holiday brings to the table for them I think they're still going to struggle to make it Out of the Eastern Conference yep. But those are the two big trades, of course With Drew Holiday, the Bogdanovich trade that Didn't happen, and then Dennis Schroeder To the Lakers, that brings us to Wednesday Night's NBA Draft The top three of the draft Pretty much went according to plan. Whether the players were picked in the order that we thought, that's debatable. But everybody knew who the three top prospects were in this class. Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Lamelo Ball. They went the top three. Wiseman went number two to the Golden State Warriors, Anthony Edwards number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Lamelo Ball number three to the Charlotte Hornets. Surprise pick in the first round for sure was Patrick Williams rising to number four yeah. for the Chicago Bulls. I am like
1: every year,
0: there's always a surprise. It's
1: one guy where we're like, "Wow, we did not catch that coming at all."
0: Exactly, and we talked about Pat Williams on our draft primer episode with Reese Holiday, and we all talk, we all talked about how we were. We were high on Pat Will. We yeah. weren't. We weren't top five. High I was number. like, bro, you can go
1: to like number eight, yeah, number nine, and like exactly. you can get good value there. But man, number four,
0: number four, and so the Bulls were apparently blown away by not just his ability to be able to guard multiple positions at six eight and his athleticism, and he can shoot. But yeah. they believe that he has potential as a ball handler and a shot creator, and he's shown flashes of it at times in Florida State and, of course, in high school, but. He hasn't had the chance to show it on a full scale because, of course, he came off the bench in his yeah. one season at Florida State. Yeah. Um, how do you think? What do you think of a pick like that for somebody like Pat will do you think reaching for somebody that high is something that you would do, or would you have gone in a different direction at number four if you were the Bulls? there somebody else that you think they should have taken?
1: I really think after the top three, as far as like guys that were like easy picks. They didn't really have an option. There were really four or five guys I thought the Bulls could have went with at number four. Pat Williams was not one of those four. (laughs) But, I'm, you know, they got a new front office and they got rid of guard packs. I think...
0: Billy Donovan is the head coach now, too.
1: They deserve to make their mark and plunge and take a a high boom, high bust, you know, pick rather than taking a safe pick and being right back in that five to eight range, you know. They, they, you know, just hope Pat Williams can hit.
0: If they're if if they were looking for a three four,
1: what's their biggest hole?
0: Oh yeah, which is what they clearly were looking for specifically a small four.
1: I mean, they need um, a four too. Lori Markman's is probably not going to get extended next
0: year. Yeah, he might not be extended, so, so they need a three four. A four. So when the pick happened initially, it was a shocker to me. But then when I said and I thought about it. I'm. I said on the last episode, the draft primer. I'm a believer in if I'm taking a player in the top five, I'm gonna. I might reach for a guy who I think has a high ceiling, then re, then take a safe guy. And I think if it came down to them needing a three four, the options had to be, let's just say, Pat dingy Williams of, and Obi Toppin.
1: or or Dingio, uh, or yeah,
0: five, yeah, the guy from Israel. So. If they believe that Pat Williams has the highest ceiling and is going to be the best player if he reaches his ceiling, I'm not opposed to making the selection. The Bulls likely aren't going to be in the playoffs again next year. Nope. They're, they're, they're probably not going to be a playoff team again this year. So, reaching for Pat Will, if he hits, you look like geniuses. And, like right. you said, it's a whole new front office and regime in the in the front office for them. Plant your flag. Exactly. You know,
1: make, make a pick that you could stand on.
0: Exactly. And... In a in a draft class that is has been maligned for not having quote unquote high end star power, and like last year's draft with Zion Williamson and Ja Morant, right. um, at number four, go ahead and take take a risk. Yeah. you didn't get the number one pick. You didn't get the number two pick. You didn't get the number three pick. If this draft is seen as a three player draft, or a, or a draft where the top three guys are in another tier from the rest of the class, I don't think you have anything to lose. Yep. It, we're taking a guy like Pat Will, number four. Like you said, if he hits, they look like geniuses. And he fills a position of need for them as well. If he doesn't hit, like I said, the Bulls aren't going to be in the playoffs next year anyway, probably. Um, Laurie Markkinen, we don't know what his future holds. We, we don't know what Wendell Carter's future holds. We, we, I, I feel like really We know for
1: sure Otto Porter ain't going to be there next year.
0: Exactly. Otto Porter is his last year on the team. We... I, we do we know how long Zach Levine is going to be there? His name has been floated around in trade rumors for a year now, it's it seems a very like. very
1: attractive contract.
0: Exactly. If only
1: 19 mil a year. He'll, he'll probably get moved, I think.
0: And so, I think the only player that I, on the roster currently, that I think is a part of their long-term plans as of right now is Kobe White, who they drafted last year. Yeah. But then again, he was not drafted by this front office, this, yeah. pe- this group that's in the front office now. Kobe showed a lot of flashes in his rookie year, but if they aren't in love with him, there's no reason to believe that they won't move him if they can find something that they think is better for the franchise. Yeah. So, this is the first move that this group has made besides hiring Billy Donovan as the head coach. So, I like it. I I think it could pay off in a major way and if if they fall in their face, I don't think there's really that much consequence for it. None. This wasn't a dr- it only comes back to bite them if somebody who goes directly behind Pat Williams in number 5, 6 or 7 in that range ends up becoming a bona fide all star, and number five pick was Isaac Acoro to the, um, the, the the Cleveland Cavaliers. Big O went number six to the mm-hmm. Atlanta Hawks, and number seven was Killian Hayes to the Detroit Pistons. So that's the only way I think that you can lose in this situation if you're the Pistons. If somebody that went outside the top ten or later in the first round becomes a star, you can't everybody hold that Mitchell. on exactly. Everybody it's like was. Donovan Mitchell, exactly. Yeah, like that. So and or Bam Adebayo, somebody like that, exactly. So. I'm a fan of it. As for the rest of the first round, was there anything that stood out to you, anything in particular that might have surprised you, any player that you're high on and you like the situation that they landed in or a player that you're high on and you're not a fan of the situation that they landed
1: in? All right. uh, To go into more detail, Charlotte, I think they had a really good draft. I think Michael Jordan couldn't have botched this one up.
0: It was the layup for him. Yeah,
1: grabbing LaMelo. And I also think... They got a lot of good value grabbing um, Vernon Carey with the 32 pick. Now, I don't think he's going to be great, but I think there's value in that pick getting him at 32. You he don't need t- him to hit and be like an no. all-star, be like even a starter. But if you can get a good rotational big man. Well, I think fell a lot farther than I think. I, I thought he was going to be back in the of first round. So to get him in the second round.
0: Teams really – they, they, uh, it comes down people just don't think he's going to be able to defend in space at the NBA level. But even still, like you said, I agree. You get a kid who was a, a top five recruit in his class just a year and ago. Grant and Grant Riller. Grant was a great pick as well. But Vernon Carey, I agree. Like You get a kid who's top five in his class, and it wasn't like he wasn't productive at Duke. Yeah. He was very productive at Duke. He had a really, really good yeah. freshman season. So the worst-case scenario is you take him, he can't guard. He was a second-round pick. Yeah. But like you said, if he if he is a player, nobody thinks he's going to be a star or anything. But if you get a rotational big with a second round pick, that has to That's be considered a success. Exactly.
1: Really good value. Um, I also really liked um, Sacramento grabbing Tyrese Halliburton at twelve. Now they extended De'Aaron Fox today, so I don't really know.
0: He's clearly going to have to play off the ball. Yeah, there.
1: he's going to be playing off the ball, or they're going to be you know using him as a backup, and then they'll eventually move him. But I. I didn't think he would fall all the way to number twelve.
0: That was a that was a surprise to me as well. I was not I was not expecting him to fall outside of the top ten. All the noise coming into the draft and everything that we had heard during the college basketball season signaled that this kid was going to be taken in the top ten. Yeah. I didn't expect him to fall that low, but he still won the lottery at the end of the day. So, the Kings, I I think that's a value pick. Yeah. Like if you get a, a guy who is considered a consensus top eight to ten guy in the class. And he falls you outside the top ten. I feel like you kinda have to take him, unless you were in love with somebody else. And clearly they weren't, because if they were, they would have taken them instead of Halliburton.
1: Right. Now, my favorite, my favorite draft though would probably go to Philly. I think Philly grabbing Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky, getting rid of the 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 Al Horford pick was a very very bad pick and fit for that team. Like you know the amount of money that he took up and then hit fit next to Joel. I didn't really think they fit long term next to each other. Grabbing Seth Curry and all on draft Danny night. Green all of these you know, All shoes. on draft night, yeah. Daryl Morey did a great job, so I, I gotta give him his flowers.
0: Yeah, but, it's amazing to see what Daryl Morey can do when he's not being handicapped by a cheap owner. Yeah. <laughs> like, when he has freedom to actually make moves. Like, I don't think anybody won more on draft night than Philly.
1: Yeah, I, I think Philly made the biggest jump for sure
0: like they they addressed everything that they had question marks surrounding around their roster in in what was a span of probably 3 hours it, it felt yeah, like
1: Harris can move back to a natural four position yeah.
0: then you have shooting, if, if Danny Green shooting. If Danny Green just shoots 37% from 3 for them they got good value yes and he's going to and he's that'll be better than anything they got from any of their other main rotational guards hey, last year man.
1: He's off the books. Yeah, and it's only one year. They're going to free up money for next year. Daryl Moore did a great job.
0: Yeah, and then, like, of course, Seth Curry. Like, getting a sniper. He's one of the five best shooters in the league. And you can play next to Benson. Exactly.
1: He can guard ones. You can find a way to hide him. So, I think Philly did a great job.
0: I agree. And then, of course, we were both... And Reese, when he was on with us, we were all high on Tyrese Maxey. Okay. To get a guard who can create off the bounce, I think Maxey. That's was, perfect. Exactly perfect. I think he's a better shooter than he showed as well in his one year at Kentucky. I think he's better than that twenty nine percent from three will indicate. I don't, yeah. I don't anticipate him coming in as a rookie right away and being a thirty six, thirty seven percent shooter. I don't think that's fair. But I think his shooting mechanics and what he showed in high school shows that he's a better and more capable shooter than he showed in his one year at Kentucky, and then particularly him shooting 80-plus percent from the free-throw line. I'm always a big believer that if you can shoot really well from the free-throw line, that indicates that you have touch, that you could eventually move out further and become a decent shooter. So, yeah, I I really love what Philly did. Um, Another team that I was really – another pick, not team, but pick that I was high on, it were two in the first round outside of the Philly one that you said and, of course, with Charlotte. I I thought at number 15, Orlando Magic got great value with Cole, Cole Anthony. Anthony. I think they got great value with Cole well, Anthony. Well, I mean,
1: they let DJ Auction go. They're gonna exactly. They're going to like, all right, we're going to run with him and Fultz as our primary guards. And
0: I think him and Fultz could work in the backcourt together if Cole Anthony can be a... If he's a 35-plus percent three-point shooter at the NBA level, I think that they can work together in the backcourt. Fultz is clearly more of a one than I think Cole is. I think he, he's, he has more natural feel for running the point guard position than Cole Anthony does. Better passer. Better in the pick and roll. Just all of those right. things. Um, Cole right now with what has happened to Fultz's shoulder I think it's safe to say Cole has more of a I think he's a better scorer coming in and he has more of a knack for scoring. Right. And so if you can use Cole as basically a two on offense and Fultz is your one and then False is big enough to guard ones or twos, and you can have Cole guard ones, false guard twos, and of course with false, I mean crazy That, that team, I
1: mean, they're not going to have Ajik for the year, obviously, no. but like they're not a playoff they team. They have good season. defensive versatility, yeah, with guys like that, and you know Gordon, and even though I'm not you know high on him, but Mobamba and yeah. all these guys, like they they have guys that can switch and long guys. I, I really like what Orlando has going down there, but. Like you said, I probably wouldn't pick them to make the playoffs. No, I don't know if the they're gonna make year. the playoffs It'll this year. It'll be tough, but I mean, I didn't pick them last year to, to get back, and they got back again. So that, that I, I feel like in the East, one through seven is locked in. It's locked, and we'll get into we will get that number eight spot.
0: Yeah, we'll get into the East playoffs and everything in a little bit. But like I said, Cole Anthony, I thought that was a great value pick, but a pick that I also was a fan of, and I think this signals questions for Pete for a guy that. The Pelicans have going forward is I like Kyra Lewis at number 14. I thought he was the best player available at 14. I thought that I know Pelicans fans, a lot of people were questioning the selection on draft night because they're
1: gonna take a point guard every like how and many point guards are they gonna have
0: for the roster? They 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 had just traded to get Bledsoe and George Hill. They have Lonzo and then they took Kyra Lewis. Um and then I guess if you whatever you consider Frank Jackson to be a combo guard or whatever. They did have small, a lot of guys. A small,
1: point, a small shooting. Yeah. Guy. So they have a
0: lot of guys who seemingly fit the same same role. Um, George Hill is no longer on a team. He was a part of a trade, a fourteen team trade that happened later on uh, that night. But I'm a fan of the Kyra Lewis pick. I think Kyle Lewis might honestly be the third best point guard in this in this class behind LaMelo and Killian Hayes. I think that Kyra Lewis is that good. And so I don't know what his ceiling is at the NBA level. I think he can be a really good starter, but if you get a guy like him at number fourteen, I think it's hard to pass, especially for a team like the Pelicans, where I don't know if they had a glaring specific need. Like they're in a they're a weird team. They're
1: just not in love with Lonzo either. Yeah,
0: I don't know if they're in love with Lonzo. Um, So I thought that was a really good pick for him. Kyler is blazing fast, speed is incredible, great passer, both hands. Really good transition, can score in the half court, and I believe he was the second youngest player in the draft behind um, LaMelo. LaMelo Ball. So I think that you you get great value with Kyra Lewis at number 14 with that pick. I I don't know what happens with Lonzo going forward. I don't know what the case may be. I don't foresee Eric Bledsoe being on the roster going into opening night, but, I mean, crazier things have happened, and they might take three-point guards. Into opening night, which isn't unheard of, but.
1: The thing about Lonzo is he can guard multiple positions. Yeah, so I, I guess. But you, know, you cannot play
0: him and Bledsoe together at all. Oh,
1: of course not.
0: So, like.
1: But they may just keep them and stagger, and I, I don't know how they do it.
0: I don't think Bledsoe can't. You can't. He he's not a reserve at this point. He's still a starter, for sure in the NBA. Yeah. So I mean, his price tag for sure says he's a starter, and I think he averaged like fifteen points last season. You're not gonna be, You can't put a guy who have a 15 on a 60 win team on the bench. Yeah. If you're the Pelicans. So
1: you're gonna put Lonzo. On the bench.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, where I don't know what the future for Lonzo. They they have some things to sort out. Lonzo
1: will probably end up taking a qualifying offer next year, and then he'll probably just be an unrestricted free agent and probably find a new team that can fit what he wants to do rather than. Trade partner because I feel like they're just not going to find anybody that's going to trade for him. Yeah,
0: like what is his value? I don't know if you can get fair value for Lonzo at this get, point. You
1: won't get your value back. You you take the AD trade and go, all right, we got two two top picks. We traded the number four pick for two picks, and we got Brandon Ingram.
0: Who's turned into an all star best player.
1: We made out of the best that we, that we possibly, yeah. possibly could.
0: I mean, I think that they still, I don't think you can say they won the trade. The, the Lakers clearly won. When you get the best player you win, and then when you win the championship, immediately after getting the best player in the deal, you win the trade. But the Pelicans made out as good as you can make out when trading somebody like Anthony Davis. If you can get a guy like Ingram right back who becomes an all-star immediately as soon as he walks into your building, I don't think there's any way that you could say that they lost this this deal. They made, Like you said, they made out as good as they can. I think the Pelicans just got to wait and see with Lonzo this coming season. This is the biggest season of his career at this point. Um, he lost a lot of money, I believe, in the bubble in that eight-game stretch.
1: Before the bubble, I thought, you know what, he can maybe get a contract, you know, in the range of um, uh, Dejounte Murray. Yeah, I thought, you know, in that range. I thought so too. Both, you know, good defenders, not like knockdown shooters, but they both got, you know, similar attributes. But now. I, I don't
0: know. Yeah, that eight game stretch was a, a, a train wreck for him, and I think that has him in a, a weird. But spot even at this then, point.
1: like at the end of the year, his shooting had started to fall off a tiny bit.
0: But even still, he has shot thirty six percent through the season. Yeah, like so on, on value. I agree. Like it, he might have started to slip before the pandemic had hit, but he was all he, he he has shown. 30, if you can get thirty six percent shooting from a guy from three, and I think he was shooting around seven threes a game or something like that, yeah. six threes. Like you have to.
1: Still can't shoot 60% from the free throw line. He
0: won't even drive to the basket to go to the free throw line. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the future holds for Lonzo. Like, he'll get another deal. He'll get a second contract in the NBA for sure. I just don't know if it'll be with the Pelicans or somewhere else. But those are the teams that I I really love what they did on draft night. I'm in agreement with you, with the Sixers, and with the Hornets. Mm -hmm. I think they made out really well. And then I like the Pat Williams pick for the Bulls. I think that I like that pick a lot. How do you feel about James Wiseman in Golden State this coming season without Klay Thompson? The Klay Thompson injury news dropped right before the draft, literally like an hour before that he had suffered. I feel like in a injury. perfect
1: world, they wanted probably Anthony Edwards. That would probably be...
0: Even with Klay Thompson?
1: I think so. Okay. You, you, you take that player because he'd probably fit... Best with what they're trying to do, and even like you don't want him and Clay to play together the following year. But I mean, even then, I feel like Anthony Edwards would probably be a little bit easier to integrate in what what they're doing rather than Lamelo. But with Wiseman, I feel like they were kind of like, all right, we already committed, we're gonna take Wiseman. And then Clay got hurt that day, and they're like, well, we committed, we're gonna, you know, not let one thing, you know, change the trajectory of what we're doing. And you know, later. They came out and said Clay possibly could come back.
0: You no, know, now we know it's a torn Achilles, so he's not playing yeah. this year.
1: But but they said it's not a, a completely torn, like it's not as severe. If a, they a try role. to play
0: him this season,
1: no. Well, I think they're just saying like it's not as bad as the standard Achilles. Well, yeah, it probably
0: time. isn't. But how long is he still gonna be out? How that's long a do you think? Question. Yeah, so that's
1: a really good question. I wouldn't rush him back. He
0: yeah. would not play this season if I was. I, I don't think he can.
1: Him. I wouldn't rush him back, but mm-hmm. I mean.
0: So, but I I like the Wiseman pick. I think he clearly feels what they had as their biggest position of need was the center position for them. Yeah. Um, when the Clay Thompson injury happened, of course, people were panicking, thinking that they were thin at the shooting guard wing position. Uh, they were able to swing a trade for Kelly Oubre from Oklahoma City. After he was traded there as a part of the Chris Paul deal. There's another deal that we, that we did not discuss. The Chris Paul trade right. to Oklahoma City. but I mean to Phoenix. But Kelly Oubre was a part of that going to Oklahoma City. And now he's in Golden State. So I guess the Wiseman deal after they made the Oubre deal. It, it makes a, a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. I probably. This is why I'm not a GM. I would have probably panicked. <laughs> and with, with Clay Thompson going down with an Achilles tear. I would have probably taken a little ball. And I would have tried to figure it out. Like I to try to figure it out. But
1: it can be erratic. This
0: is why I'm not a he can be, but This is why I'm not a GM. Um I think that their current lineup now with Steph, Ubre, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman, That's starting five. Um, the West has gotten a lot stronger in my opinion, but I do think if Stephen Curry is healthy and he's playing at the level that we all know he can play at, if Oubre plays at the level he played at last year, last couple of years in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, Draymond hopefully isn't the Draymond that we saw this past season. If he, If that's not the final version of him, if he can still turn back the clock a little bit. I think they can fight for a playoff spot, mm-hmm. but everything has to go right. And a rookie center was only 19, 20 years old. I don't know if that's fair to expect him to to be a huge contributor right away for a, a playoff team. I think they'll Carver. bring
1: him along and you know, the thing about Wiseman, a lot of the tools that they really liked about him, you know, the rim runner, who side help defender. Yeah, they're gonna minimize what they ask him to do. And I think with even without Clay, you know, Steph will probably and I know people talk about it, the gravity yeah. It'll probably bring a lot of defenders and the way that they opened up a lot of lob opportunities for Bogan and things like that. They're going to make the game really easy, easy for Wiseman. So, I, I can definitely see him having a good year with the way that they'll be using him. They're not going to be, you know, I mean, the thing about Wiseman, I feel like there's been a lot of, like, misinformation about his game he didn't get to see him play the three games. But, like, Against he has, like, a him. really, really good touch. like, as, like Oh, I agree. Shooter, like, He's got a lot more skill than I feel like people are making it out to be. They're acting like he's like Tyson Chandler, no, and like just going to be a rim runner. I think he has like no, he could score. Yeah, if
0: he's so. locked in, if he's locked in, Wiseman can score. And I, I like the pick for them with their current roster. I think him starting at center for them is going to be good. I just don't know what his productivity will be like this year. I th- I agree with you. I think they're going to minimize what they ask him to do. Um, right. Maybe lobs. Uh, Pick and rolls, quick dives to the basket, mm. stuff like that. Catching it around the rim on offensive rebounds, putbacks, stuff like that. Right. Um, and maybe as the year progresses, if he shows he can do more and is capable of more, they'll start oh, to let him example. do more. Exactly. So I'm not low on that pick. I, I like it. Like I said, I probably would have panicked when the Clay News dropped about them. But that's why you stayed, of course, stay they made this Mello section.
1: play with, with Curry, too? Like, Who
0: knows? Who know? Who, I mean,
1: who, can he play with Rozier? The, and I was Devontae gonna say the same Brand. thing. I was just about to ask you the same thing. Like, <laughs> who knows, like, like Lamelo really was in a horrible like. NBA really should have jugged this to, to get him to New York, man.
0: Yeah, the Knicks. I
1: don't want him to have to play with RJ Barrett, but man.
0: But him playing in 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 Charlotte, I don't I don't think Terry Rozier is gonna last this whole season with them. With news that was coming out around draft night and free agency, start creating yeah. that. They were that the Clippers were interested in him that he might have been available to be traded. I don't know yeah. if he makes it through the whole season. And Rozier, though his contract isn't great, it's not immovable.
1: Yeah, and he shot the ball well. Exactly, he last year. and
0: he's he, he's a really good shooter. And I think he can score. I think he score. I think he's best served as a reserve. I think we saw that in. He can
1: play on and off the ball too, though. Yeah, he can play on and off the ball, but like, I don't think he La- should.
0: I don't think he's a starter.
1: Yeah, but he can play with Lamelo. Probably. Oh yeah. A little bit more than Devonte Graham, who they had. You know, well, you him. think
0: you think he plays better with Lamelo than Devontae Graham does? I
1: think possibly. I think I would rather have Lamelo and Rozier than Graham and Lamelo.
0: I don't know. Graham shot more threes and shot like thirty eight percent. He
1: had the ball in his hand a whole lot more. He did literally all the playmaking yeah, and that's a mistake.
0: That was a mistake. That's what, that's how you get the number three pick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it. That's, that's I would like it.
1: much rather have the ball in LaMelo's hand oh, yeah. than Devontae Graham.
0: So it's gonna be interesting to see what they and do. Devontae
1: Graham was good. I thought he should have been most improved.
0: At least he should have at least been in the top three. Him not even being in the top three was crazy.
1: Because I think he fit the bill of like what we really want in most improved. He like, went from we like three points. You don't want top picks a guy who are already averaging double figures to be in that Luca
0: averaged twenty as a rookie and, and was top three and most improved. Like yeah. Was LeBron top three and most improved after his second year? LeBron,
1: he made a jump just like Exactly.
0: Literally the same exact type of jump. Like, that just didn't make sense to me. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how LaMelo works with Rozier, Devontae Graham, and now Gordon Hayward, which we'll get into a little bit later. Before we move past the NBA draft, we cannot forget to touch on the number one overall pick and the situation he is in. Now, Anthony Edwards went number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, they now have D'Angelo Russell, of course, Cat, and it appears that Anthony Edwards is going to be a part of their future going forward. How do you feel about his selection to the Minnesota Timberwolves and his fit with them going forward? Also with Malik Beasley being there as well.
1: They didn't want to take him. I mean...
0: I don't think they wanted to use... I don't think they wanted to take anybody. Yeah. I don't think they were. They wanted to, to they take want to a draft. pick. They didn't want to they draft in top three. They didn't want to, to draft
1: anybody, but they kind of got to the point where nobody are gonna give them value back, probably. So they're like, "All right, well, we got to take the best player available." I uh, think
0: that the Timberwolves probably wanted veterans. I think they really want to try to make the playoffs this year. Good
1: luck. Like, yeah. I think they, I think God that was probably bless.
0: their goal. When you trade for Cat, I mean, D'Angelo Russell, pairing with Cat, Malik Beasley, like it's a young team, but they're not an old team as as well. They can make
1: the playoffs. I mean, not. I don't think they could, but like they'll be I competitive. Think, yeah, like they'll be in the running for that. Age, yeah,
0: but. and so all those guys are. Twenty-five years old, throwing an eighteen-year-old in there—it just doesn't match the same timeline of them. So I think that was the main reason they wanted to move off of the pick. Maybe not—I don't think it was because they weren't in love with anybody. I think it's just I don't want to—I don't want to bring another rookie in. When you draft, they got number one or in the top three, top five. They—they're gonna have to produce. They're gonna have to play. Um, If you could have traded back into the middle of the first round or later in the first round, probably. Got some vets and then draft a rookie who you only need to we only need you to be a role player really. There's right. not the same expectations. I I think that's probably what they wanted to do. I don't know what Anthony Edward's rookie season looks like on this team because they just gave Malik Beasley sixty million. Right. Um D'Angelo Russell, of course, is their point guard.
1: He a thirty plus million.
0: Exactly. Um and then Cat as well. I don't see the touches for him or necessarily a lot of minutes. He's probably gonna be a six man for them. Yeah. He's probably going to be, best case scenario, he, he becomes a sixth man for the, for them by the end of the season. Because they still have Jared Culver, who they drafted last year, who's a wing. Uh, and then Josh Kogi as well, who's going to start a small four for them probably. Yeah. So I don't know what his production looks like as a rookie. I don't know what to expect from him this season. I think he's the best player in the draft. I thought he was the best prospect. I think LaMelo has the highest ceiling. I think that Anthony Edwards has... Not quite as high of a ceiling, but a very high ceiling I and a higher Hello floor. I
1: think and Wiseman both have higher ceiling than Edwards, but I think Edwards has a higher chance of reaching a ceiling than both of them.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. I think I would agree. And so it's just going to be interesting to see what, what he does this year as a rookie. I, I don't think – if I had to bet money right now, I probably wouldn't bet on him averaging double-digit points just because it's so many guys – that play the same position as him who are going to have the ball in their hands yeah. now if he comes in day one and he's just that guy in training camp and he's that guy hey then they hit a home run with that pick yeah. because Malik Beasley was averaging like 20 points for the map that they traded for him and Beasley's been a rotation player on the Nuggets who were a playoff team right. before he got traded and D'Angelo Russell is a 20 plus point per game scorer. so if he comes in and he, he finds his way into that rotation and playing a lot of minutes then that just means he is the guy that everybody thought he was as the top prospect in his class. I just don't know how quickly he's going to be able to get onto the floor for this particular team.
1: Yeah,
0: But the NBA draft, I think that this year's draft, we've, we've talked about it. We've touched on a lot of quality role players, potentially a lot of quality starters in this draft. I don't know if it's necessarily a lot of stars that we see yet guys and always surprise you. There's going to be somebody from this class who becomes, all-stars like the odds of this being the 2000 nba draft are very low because the 2000 nba draft is like a one-off like where there just wasn't any type of superstar in it at all there's going to be somebody at least one player from this class who becomes a consistent all-star level player we just don't know who it is yet but i thought that it was a solid draft i think a lot of teams feel what they needed and it set the table for what has been a very wild free agency so far
1: yeah only a weekend yeah we're, not, even not even a week yeah it was like we're a couple of
0: days in and so yeah. I don't even know where to begin with this free agency period so I'll just go ahead and ask you right out the right out the gate what was the most surprising thing that's happened in the past 48 hours of free agency that you just did not see coming that caught you off guard floored you
1: Man, I really hate how we always have to come back to the Lakers. Because I, no, I don't, I don't want to only talk about the Lakers. But getting Montrezl Harrell, I literally had no idea he, he would be even on the radar for guy they would get. And I thought Schroeder was completely off the radar too. But adding both the guy who finished, you know, two of the top three.
0: Harrell won six man of the year. Yeah,
1: two of the top three guys. Top
0: two. Schroeder finished second. Yeah. so...
1: <laughs> they go to show you I didn't see any of that coming but obviously like I talked about earlier Philly completely caught me off guard um, Jeremy Grant man I did not think Denver was going to let him go but I mean they didn't they, have, a, they they have didn't, a choice yeah they, they couldn't get more, 60 million they get they matched years.
0: they matched Detroit's offer he chose to just go to Detroit yeah he wanted he he wants a larger offensive role instead of
1: yeah and and obviously uh Gordon Hayward getting Freaking four years, 120, 120 mil. Like, Michael Jordan, I love that man, but they need to take that
0: team. Before we get into Gordon Hayward, before we go, let's let's rewind. Let's rewind. Let's go back to Trez. We can address all of these piece by piece. Let's rewind. So, I agree with you. I think that if you have to poll NBA fans, the Montrez Herald to the Lakers signing has to be the stunner of the offseason so far. Sure. Because, one, he was on the Clippers last year. Two, there was no signs of him even being on the Lakers' radar. There was no. I thought c- he would
1: like get cashed out by Charlotte. Yeah, I thought I somebody thought the money that exactly they gave to Gordon Hayward they give to him.
0: I thought somebody was going to give him a deal. We he didn't play great in the bubble, but I think a lot of that was not his fault. The Clippers are asking him to guard Nikola Jokic. That's like he's not he can't do he that. Can,
1: he he can try it hard he
0: exactly he's, he's not going to be, be able to guard that. At That's not fair to ask him to do. And so he was put in a bad situation in the playoffs, in my opinion. And it was just a bad matchup with him in, with Dallas as well, having to guard Porzingis before Porzingis got hurt. Yeah. And so I think that that kind of hurt his value going into free agency this year, which is why you see he, he took a two-year $19 million deal with the Lakers um, yeah. with a player option for the second year. But that was a shocker, and I think the Lakers, like you said, we we, we talk about them a lot, but for what it, when you have LeBron James on your team and you're the reigning champs, you're going to get talked about, and yeah. you're the Lakers, period. They could be garbage they're going to be talked about. Yeah. And so for them to add Harrell to their team with Schroeder, of course, you, you like you said earlier, they also were able to sign Wes Matthews for the biannual exception for $3 million to turn basically Danny Green mm-hmm into West Matthews similar similar level players mm-hmm. I think West Matthews is probably a better defender at this point in his career especially against bigger wings he's stronger but to so basically if they're both going to shoot 35 36% from 3 if I can get a guy for 12 million less dollars than the other guy that I had you're going to wonder exactly so and then now the Lakers have also signed Marcus Saul um, after trading Javell Medita to Cleveland I just think that I don't know how you can say that their offseason has not been a success if you if you're Lakers. Yeah. Like Gasol shot 38% from 3 last year for the Raptors. He's clearly not the same guy that he was in Memphis. I don't think he moves quite the same on offense season especially the same running around guy
1: that Toronto team two years. Ago. Yeah, he
0: might not even be the same guy from then, but if he can still be a great positional defender for you playing next Anthony Davis who just cleans up everybody's mess. And if he can space the floor, he's still an elite passer at the five position. Yeah. Average three assists last year still. And if he can, sh- if that thirty-eight percent from three isn't, if that's still who he is, I think that deal turns into a really good deal for the Lakers. And he fits perfectly next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, of course, we talked about the Sixers. Uh, we can go ahead and get into the Gordon Hayward deal now for sure. Like <laughs> four years, minutes. I thought when he opted out of his last year for $34 million with the Celtics. I didn't foresee that coming during the season. I thought there was no way.
1: I mean, we had our rumblings about Indiana, Atlanta. But even before then,
0: like just going back into the season. I didn't think he would opt yeah, out. Yeah, especially oh, coming I'm off the like, an ankle injury in the playoffs. Like,
1: You're going to turn down $35 Exactly,
0: Exactly. Like, so when he opted out, clearly he knew something. Him and his agent knew something that My the rest of us didn't gonna know. Cash <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Somebody to cash him out. Like you said, Indiana had been trying to do a sign-and-trade. There were rumors that the Celtics wanted T.J. Warren and Victor Oladipo for him. Or um, Miles Turner. Or I refuse to believe that was true because if they, if they really were willing to offer Miles Turner for him, or they didn't even ask for him, like, Miles Turner would have made perfect sense in a sign-and-trade for Gordon Hayward. They needed a five. Right. But whatever reason, that didn't happen. Of course, like you said, Atlanta, we heard the rumblings of Atlanta. Atlanta. But like you said, Michael Jordan, when he's the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Right, he <laughs> gave Terry Rozier 20 million. When nobody else
0: was was giving him that. And
1: Now he gave Gordon Hayward 100.
0: Gordon Hayward, one All Star game has turned that into two 100 plus million dollar contracts. Only one All Star game back in 2016 has not made an All NBA team. He can't. Even, he has not even been healthy since he's been in Boston. Yeah, I, I don't
1: get that, and I know Boston. They're happy to get off that money because they were able to get. Uh, Tristan Thompson on the two year 19 mil. Yeah. Uh, million dollars. They, needed a, they right. needed a center. They needed a five. So they, you know, get him to slide over and fill that void. But man, 120 M's. Another thing I'm um, that caught me off guard Fred Van Fleet cashing out 85 mil. I didn't think they were going to pay him. I thought he would have to go to, like, New York or go somewhere else. But The largest Toronto? contract
0: ever for an undrafted player.
1: Yeah, good for him, man. And I'm glad on our very first episode. Well not first. We talked to KD about Fred Van Fleet paid. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad
0: he got his eighty five million. And KD spoke very, very highly of, of Fred Van Fleet, not only on our pod, but previously on Hot Nine Seven interview. He said he's a guy who's gonna stick around for a long time and now for him for him to get eighty five million dollars.
1: From the G
0: League. From the G League, yeah, exactly. Undrafted G League player, work his way up to this point. So now a starter, legitimate NBA starter. Like you gotta kind of you have not kind of you have to be happy for him. I'm I'm kind of surprised. Something that has surprised me a lot in this free agency period has been the fact that Montrezl Harrell, Tristan Thompson, and Serge Ibaka all got the same exact deal: two years, 19 million. When guys like Mason Plumlee got four years, 32 million, and Myers Leonard got I think two years, 21 million.
1: I don't think. Well, I don't think uh, Plumlee was looking for a short. Well, the guy that you mentioned. The Pistons gave him they're, they're not, me to the do. They're not looking for long term money. They want big money in a short window and they want to hit the market one more time. Yeah. And I think even though, you know, Serge, Tristan Thompson, Montreux, they're all like, you know, in that 27 to 31 range, they can get one more big payday. Whereas I feel like Myers Leonard, number one, he got a big payday because they're obviously going to move. I think their contract, contract is movable, yeah. And, you know. I've heard he's a good locker room guy and everything, so I, I kind of get that. I don't know. It's, it's, a, play, it's a team option, so anyway, they can flip him at the end of the year. Yeah, and, you know, or at the up. trade deadline this sure year or something. They, they, they can do a lot
0: um The Sergi Baca to the Clippers deal, I think that – probably a second for me behind Trez to the Lakers is yeah. coming completely out of left field. We heard the rumblings that Brooklyn was very interested in, in Serge Ibaka. We, we heard Toronto was interested. We heard the Lakers were interested. It was never reported that it was a mutual interest, but yeah, we heard that like, the Lakers oh. were interested. And so for him to go two years, 19 million to the Clippers, I think that the Clippers definitely, that helps them out tremendously. I feel like yeah, they, he's better than any big they had on their roster last year By far. on both ends of the floor, I believe. And so, to get a guy like Serge Baca to come in there, he played with Kawhi Leonard on the 2019 Raptors team that won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's continuity there. I think that's a, a great deal for the Clippers, for them to be able to get a guy like that. I still think they need another, a point guard, a true point guard on their team. I think them losing Rondo to the Hawks is going to hurt. I don't yeah. think Rondo is necessarily what puts them over the top, but I like him at, as a point guard and facilitator more than anything they have currently on their roster. Right. Um, so, But I think the Serge Baca deal... It definitely makes them better. Um, they're going to still be contenders again this year, even though they flamed out in epic fashion in the playoffs this past Perfect. season. Uh, they're still going to be a, a very tough out when the playoffs start next May. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that really surprised me? Oh, the Atlanta Hawks. Let's talk about what the Hawks did in this free agency period because they clearly had, they had the second most cap space to use. They had to spend money. You have to spend a certain amount of money. Right. They used their cap space to sign Danilo Gallinari. I think it was year 60 million dollar deal and then bogdan bogdanovich the bucks deal fell through there was rumors for a, a day or so that the lakers were trying to work on a sign and trade to get bogdanovich for whatever reason that didn't come to fruition i think i'm pretty sure it just ended up being he was too expensive after the yeah. expect and he's going to make more than what kcp just signed for and i don't think the lakers were probably willing to part with kcp and Kuzma, which would have been what it would require to bring him on board. I don't mm-hmm. know if they were willing to part to part with both of them. KCP resigned with the Lakers for three years, forty million dollars, I believe. Yeah. So Bogdanovich, four years, seventy-two million dollars with the Atlanta Hawks. Three years, sixty million dollars for Danilo Gallinari. Two years, ten million dollar deal for Chris Dunn, and two years, fifteen million dollar deal for Rajon Rondo for the Atlanta Hawks. So they got all of those guys now. I'm really interested to see how it works with with Trey Young, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Ware, all of these young guys, John Collins, wings, guards, yeah.
1: all these guys that handle the ball and want to do everything. But I don't know. I mean. I feel like having a guy like that and Gallinari, you kind of want them strictly off the fact that they're veterans. Atlanta really didn't yeah. have any veterans on the. Vince
0: Carter was only one they had last yeah, year. So like
1: adding Rondo, adding you know Bogdanovich, adding Gallinari, a guy that have played in the playoffs and can you know hopefully instill like good habits yeah. in, in this guy that you know haven't. You know, won 30 games in the NBA season. No. Like, all these guys haven't done anything yet. They're all a bunch of... Pu- hey, you babies, you know? They were the youngest
0: team in the They had, I think, like seven guys on their team last year that were on their rookie deals. Yeah.
1: And so... so that, that that goes to show you that they, they definitely needed to add veteran leadership, so... I, I, I like the pitch. I like all three of the the signings. The, the signings. For you said
0: all three. You don't. You I don't like Chris Dunn. You don't like the Chris Dunn. <laughs> I, like the Chris I, Dunn no, I'm not. I'm not gonna acknowledge. Chris Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like. I like all of the signings on paper. Like it's huge talent upgrade. I think they're gonna have a chance to finally break the 30 win threshold. I don't think they're. A legitimate playoff team yet, like some people have started I to say. I think
1: they, they will be in the mix for that. H-U. I think they'll be
0: they'll probably be in there the new playing tournament, and everything that happens for the AC seven ACs and If they're yeah, if they're close enough, they'll probably be in the running. I just worry about signing guys like Gallinari and Bogdanovich, and you potentially stunt the growth of guys like cam reddish on the team
1: yeah i I do think that's a real issue because i feel like cam reddish the guy you and i are both really high on i wasn't as high on coming into the year but watching him every year if you look at it every month he got better better every month yeah and i feel like having a guy like that you would want him to slip into the starting spot at that you know two or three spot and having bogdanovich herder and um deandre hunter like Having all these guys all competing for minutes, I don't know if it's a good move. Yeah, like
0: I, it's just gonna be interesting to see how it plays out for them. It's all like people talk about. There's only one ball when referring to like superstar teams, multiple superstars. But I think that also plays a role with young teams as well, with guys who are trying to like establish themselves in the league. Trey Young is a high usage player. I think all of this, this, these new vets and everything, they're gonna make life easier on him. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, I think the Hawks are going to be better for sure. I just wonder if it comes at the expense of a guy like Cam Reddish, a guy like. Yeah, I
1: mean, like I said, I, I like the picks. I think they are good veterans. These yeah. are good guys you want in your locker man. They're only you know five guys in the court at one time, so I wonder how they're going to go about it. Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Pierce is their coach, right? Yeah, Lloyd Pierce yeah, is their head coach. Got a four.
0: So the Hawks, of course, I think it's safe to say they've had a great free agency. Something else that's been a big story so far in the first couple of days of free agency has been the 2017 draft class. Guys like De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, and Jayden. Jason Tatum have seen generational wealth come into their yeah. life in the past 24 hours. Um, Mitchell and Fox both signed five-year, $163 million deals with yeah. their teams. Mitchell's worth up to $195 million. Tatum signed five years, $195 million deal. Celtics he made all NBA team already so and he also has another escalator if he makes another one on his deal that can take it up to 200 plus right. million dollars the 2017 class was was thought of highly when they came into the league going into that draft it's safe to say that even if Markel Fultz and are the top two guys might not have panned out quite how people thought they were this has been a successful draft Man, that's crazy number
1: one of the number two pick those are the guys that, like, we don't know how much or what yeah. they're going to
0: get paid. Yeah, we don't know, but they... But they nearly
1: every other pick, but those two and Josh Jackson.
0: Yeah, has been a success. Like
1: Yeah, they're getting cashed out, all the other top guys. Tatum
0: was number three overall, right?
1: Yeah. Fox
0: was number five. Yeah. And then Mitchell was in, like, the last pick of the lottery, I believe, where 13. 13, yeah. And then another guy in that class who is going to get a max as well. He has not gotten it yet, but he's going to get the max extension is bam at a bio we know right. that he's going to get it so the 2017 class out of all three of those deals who do you think is most likely to spend not just this entire contract with it but to resign with their team afterwards between tatum mitchell and fox
1: i really don't think well out of those three i'd probably go with Ball, um with tatum
0: most likely to spend the rest of his career with the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. And they have
1: the most stability. Like the other two guys, I mean, Utah has very good stability as well. I don't think Donald Mitchell wants to be there though. I think you take the bag. You always take. Yeah, the you bag. can't turn down this money. You take down. You take the rookie extension bag. Yeah. And if you need to force your way out, or you want to do that, you do that later. He down has a watch. player
0: option the fifth year, so the last year to deal the fifth year is a if player he option. If you get out, he can exactly. Get
1: out. And I and I think Fox the money but he I, I would love for him to be in a more stable. Place. We
0: know he I I have never sp- spoke to De'Aaron Fox. I think it's safe to say he does not want to be in Sacramento for, sure. for the Kings, but like you said, you can't turn the bag down. You
1: take the bag for the first contract. But um yeah, I'd probably go with
0: Taylor. And so yeah, I think I'm gonna be honest with you, I would be surprised I would be surprised if Fox makes it All the way through this entire deal with the Kings. I think that by the third year, he could be a guy that's starting to get vocal about, I want out of here. I'm not going to be here. I'm not re-signing. I could see it. I don't want to put anything out in the open or in the air for the Kings. Like, Hopefully, things do turn out to work well for them. Actually, who cares? It's the Kings. But who knows? I I just don't see him. I think this is going to be his last contract with Sacramento. I agree. Mitchell will probably be second. As far as guy who's least likely to um, spend the rest of his career with his team. And I think Tatum. I, I think all signs are kind of pointing towards him at this current juncture. It's very early. He is only going into his fourth season. So I will be speaking prematurely when I say this. But I think all signs are kind of starting to point towards he might end up being, if not a Celtic lifer, spending the majority of his prime. He's going to be there for Yeah. Like... I don't think they're that, not gonna let him walk out. No, I think it, we'll they'll, see. They'll do
1: everything in their power yeah. to make him happy.
0: I think it'll be like a Paul Pierce situation. Only time he will leave from that franchise is once they have gotten every great year out of him that they can get. Yeah. Um, he's the he made All Star game and All NBA this past season. He's the first draft pick from the Celtics to do that in the same in in a season since Rajon Rondo in 2012, and Rondo was drafted by the Celtics in. 06, so like you got to think, he's the last Celtic to he they hadn't drafted a player that had became an All Star since Rondo. Yeah, and Tatum, he's better than Rondo. Like Rondo, as great as he was, this is a Wings League, right? And he's only 21, 22 years old, already averaging 25 points, and he's played in two Eastern Conference Finals for them. Yeah. So I think all signs are pointed they're not going to let him leave once he this deal is is up. This five years or whatever, or if he opts out after four years to get another deal, they're going to max him out again. And I think it's safe to say, barring him just wanting to leave Boston, and we don't have any signs of that yet, he's going to probably spend nine to ten seasons for sure with the Celtics. Um, Before we, we go ahead and close this out, with all of the deals that have happened, all of the new moves that have gone down and the last 24 hours, 36 hours. How do you look at the NBA landscape coming in this season? Who do you think got significantly better? Who do you think might have slipped a little bit? Is there any shift in the NBA hierarchy for you coming in this season?
1: Uh, I mean, the Lakers got significantly better, I think. I agree. Adding, you know, very good score. I think the Clippers got better, adding Serge Baca. I think he's better, like we talked about, better than any big they had on the roster. Now, they may not get the the value, like, in pure numbers that they got out of Montrezl Harrell. But I think as far as, like, having a shooter, or better rim protector guy that they can throw on AD. Now, nobody can guard, you know, AD and no. you know, slow him down. But he can probably, you know, make it as difficult as... And
0: it. for a guy like Jokic as well.
1: Yeah. So, Surge definitely incl- improved the Clippers. I, Philly, significantly yep. better. Um,
0: I think the Nets th- got better.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Resigning Joe Harris and being able to trade to get I mean, they're Lindsay adding Shaman. they're
1: adding two top 10, top 15. One top two, top, I think top two player. In the world. And then they're adding another top 10, top 15 guy. Kyrie's going to be back. And so, like...
0: You added shooting around him.
1: Yeah. Now, I think they probably would be best served to move Dinwiddie and Jared Allen to get a traditional four, but...
0: I agree. I don't know how feasible it is for jeff green and tory and prince to be your force um we'll see how it goes for them if it doesn't turn out how they expect it early on in the season they'll probably be active at the trade market or buyout market right. um but i agree with you i agree with those teams another
1: team one last team dallas i think dallas, dallas got better i don't think they made the leap that the other teams made as far as like you know i know they flipped curry for josh richardson and um what did they add? They added um, They got
0: they signed Wesley Windu from Orlando Magic, right. a wing, um James Johnson, they acquired him. Right.
1: Toughness, veteran yeah. leadership. And I just think another year of Luca He's gonna be better. You know, KP, all of them. They'll get better just, you know, by having another year under their belt and you know, having played in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: And then of course you have I think Portland got better.
1: Yeah, I think the Blazers got better. They're going to be healthy.
0: (laughs) They're going to be healthy. They re-signed Carmelo. They traded. They got cancer in there. And then they also acquired. They signed Derrick Jones Jr. Um, They re-signed Rodney Hood. So they have wings now. I think they have a solid collection of wings on top of, like you said, they're going to just be healthier, presumably. They're going to be healthier coming in the opening night than they were last year. Nurkic is going to be on the court game one with Lillard, with McCollum, with Melo with um um zach collins anthony simons off the bench with gary Trent jr off the bench they're gonna they're gonna be a really good team and so i think they got better of course phoenix it goes without saying they got better they got the best player they got the best player that devin booker has played with yet in his career with chris paul and i think chris paul compliment they wanted to play together that i had never heard that before this deal went through but apparently both guys wanted to play together and so if two guys want to play together that are that good, I think that's always a good sign for you. And I I think that Paul is going to help DeAndre Aiden as well a lot. Um, yep. So I think those teams all got better in the West. Utah is still going to be a, a playoff team. They stay relatively the same. I think the team that, that is in jeopardy of slipping a little bit is the Denver Nuggets. I'm worried about them. Grant. They lost Grant, and they don't have Torrey Craig anymore. They let him go. I, I just worry they don't have the wings to guard elite wings out west now. Yeah. And I think that while that wasn't the reason they beat the I mean the Clippers in round two, I think it definitely helped having a guy like Jeremy Grant to be able to guard Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And now you don't have a guy like that to guard Kawhi or even a LeBron at this point. Um, I just think they're, putting all, they're, they're basically putting all their eggs in, in the Michael Porter Jr. basket. And,
1: and
0: and he we know he can score we know he can score the best of them already he's shown yeah. he can get hot and, and and be very dangerous that is not a question he has to get better defensively if he gets better defensively and he can guard then they'll look like geniuses but if he can't then i i foresee them potentially being a round one out next year in the playoffs if depending on who the matchup is so I think that's going to be. I mean, tricky, right? you never.
1: What if Jamal Murray made the leap? If that's who he really is, like, that we saw yeah, in the book? like maybe. What if Jamal Murray makes that? Remember the leap that Steph made in twenty fifteen. Yeah, like he just became a different player. Jamal Murray may be making that leap. You know, at twenty four, he, he
0: got become an all star. Is he even twenty four? Twenty three. Yeah, like he got become an all star. But I mean, if he if that's really Jamal Murray, then it. it Having him and Jokic, it can mask a lot of your flaws, but you're gonna have to get stops at some point. Yeah. Like, like if you look at their starting lineup now, I
1: mean they brought back Paul Millsap, who ain't gonna guard anybody, but yeah.
0: he's gonna be in position. But he's if you get him in space, <laughs> like he's not stopping anybody. Yeah. Their starting lineup is gonna be Murray, Gary Harris, uh, who is a really good defender, Michael Porter Jr., Millsap. Can you and,
1: play Michael Porter Jr. at the three, bro?
0: I don't think you you can't play him at the four. You can he he, he can't guard four. he can't. You can't play him at any position on defense right now. That's the issue. But I feel
1: like, and God, I, I don't have the data to back it up right now. But I feel like every time I looked up, he did a better job of being hidden on fours. You can't, you can't, you can't start him at the four. He can't move his feet. At all,
0: if you play him against, if he's the four against the Lakers, oh for sure he's I gonna mean, die.
1: But but it's like five guys who won't die versus the Lakers five. He teams. can't guard
0: Giannis. Like if they're contender, they're contenders, and you are trying to play against the God, best teams God, in the God, league.
1: Putting Paul Millsap on Giannis, bro, that's
0: what I'm saying. So they, defensively, I think they are going to take a step back, and they were already just like average defensively. Yeah um so we'll have to it remains to be seen like like you you said if if jamal murray is really that guy and Jokic is is who he already has been then it might not matter but if jamal murray come back and he just i don't want to say just because he's still a really good player but if he's only an 18 point per game guy and he's not a 24 25 point per game guy your ceiling is much lower so it remains to be seen with them i think I'm lower on them today than I was going into free agency because I thought they were going to re-sign Jeremy Grant seeing that he just chose to leave Denver to go to Detroit for the same price tag. He just wanted to go. Man, I want a larger really offensive role.
1: Like I'm, I'm going to go to Detroit by choice.
0: He wanted a larger role on offense. I can't say I necessarily blame him. So, yeah, I think Denver takes a step back. Out east, I definitely agree with you. I think Philly got way better. I think Boston got better they addressed address the need. Now, seeing how to, how they replace Gordon Hayward's production remains to be seen because even though he wasn't the same guy that he might have been in Utah, it's not easy to replace 17 points and probably a second-best passer, yeah. five assists a game or whatever it was that he was averaging. Who are they
1: going to run at the four? Are they going to keep Tatum Tatum there? is going to stay at
0: the four probably. Jalen Brown is going to stay. They, I, I assume going into opening night, Marcus Smart will, Marcus Smart will start. They will start. Kimba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Tristan Thompson will be their starting five. Okay. Tice will come off the bench. Um, Jeff Teague is now on their team, backup point guard. They got it. They I guess they're they're banking on some type of internal improvement from Romeo Langford and Simeon J. Like God so. Bless. That'll be. We'll see. Well, they
1: drafted. Um,
0: they took Peyton Pritchard in round one from Oregon.
1: They took another guy. They took the small forward.
0: Aaron Nesmith from uh, Vanderbilt, the shooter. Right. He's a sniper. He's best shooter in the draft. He'll probably be in if he if he'll be in the rotation. If that shooting from college translates to the NBA level, mm. he will 100 percent be in their rotation. He might mess around and be a starting shooting guard it, just to keep smart off the bench. If he eventually, if that shooting translates, I could see him being a starter yeah. in that starting lineup. You don't need he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can play out the ball. He spaces the floor for them. And you can keep smart in the role that he's in. So right. that's if that shooting translates immediately. If it does, then he might he might be able to start for them by the time the playoffs come around. Um, who else? Toronto, I think they'll take a step back. Aaron Baines was a good signing once they lost Marcus All, but losing Gasol, Andy Baca, I that's think that's going to hurt. Exactly, it's tough. Resigning Chris Boucher to a two year, thirteen million dollar deal was imperative, and I like Boucher a lot, but you, it just remains to be seen. These guys getting. They're gonna to have to play larger roles now than they had before. Like we'll see how Boucher is in starters' minutes, and Aaron Baines is a very good rotational big, but it remains to be seen. I think Brooklyn got better, of course. Um, Indiana's still the same, relatively the same. I think Miami got better. Adding Avery Bradley was a, was a, a good signing for them. You, you, I, I don't think you can ever really go wrong with having another guard who can really guard other teams' guards and can make open shots, can score, yeah. I think that's a good signing for them. So Probably
1: mean they're moving off of Kendrick Nunn. I know they were yeah. trying to move him on draft night and couldn't find anybody to take. Yeah,
0: Kendrick Nunn is probably – pro- he was already expendable after his run in the bowl, but he definitely is expendable now. I don't think they'll necessarily need his scoring next year. If you think Tyler Harrell's is going to make another jump, if the Harrell that we got in the playoffs is the Harrell that they get next season, you kind of don't need Kendrick Nunn, especially right. with Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. You got enough scoring as it is with those guys. so And then, of course, Avery Bradley can give you 8 to to 12 points a night, wherever it might be. So I think that he got better. I think a lot of teams got better in free agency, a lot of playoff teams, that is. And I think we're going to have a really, really good 2020-2021 NBA season. I like the position a lot of teams are in. I would agree with you. I think the Lakers, being the reigning champs and making the additions that they made, they are the clear favorites right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. When you have we were talking about Murray and Jokic, how they can mask your flaws and raise your raise your floor, give you a larger margin of error if that's who Murray is. There's is no duo in the league that gives you a wider margin of error right now than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. I think they get they that pairing it masks everything. If they those two guys are clicking how they are, how they're capable of clicking, then they can beat anybody. And so I think you give them the edge right now with the additions of Schroeder, Wes Matthews, Marcus Gasol, Montrez, Harrell, bringing back KCP. And then, of course, the other supporting cast they already have with Caruso, Kuzma, and possibly possibly internal growth from Taylor Horton Tucker. But I I don't think that it's, it's a stretch to say that a team like the Sixers should be looked at as a favorite, potentially after the moves that they made of course it seems like every year now we say the Sixers should be seen as favorite but I like their roster a lot more today than I like their roster going into opening night last season Mm -hmm. um Brooklyn of course if Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant still that's what it comes down to pretty much more than anything people can say they don't have defenders they don't have a four if Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant and they have Kyrie Irving next to him it's yeah. going to be hard to beat them in a seven-game series. Out yeah, east.
1: because nobody will like. They'll have two of the top three players in just about
0: every series that they play. Yeah, like if they play Milwaukee, I think Kyrie's better than Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. and we know KD and Giannis are the two best guys. If they play Philly, that might be one. Like it depends on how you view Ben Simmons, what prism you view, you view him in. Right, but that that they'll have two of the four best players at worst. They play Miami, they're gonna have two of the top three guys in that series. Boston, they'll probably have two of the top three guys in that series. Yeah, Katie, Tatum, Kyrie, those are the three best players in that series, probably. So yeah, they're gonna have a huge advantage out right. East, and like you said, adding the shooting that they have around I mean,
1: them. The, the only thing they'll have a rookie coach,
0: Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire. Yeah,
1: we'll have to see what they do and how they run the. I'm, I'm I'm wondering how they're gonna play.
0: Rookie coaches have won, well, not rookie, new coaches. On new teams have won the championship, like the last four, I believe, or last three. Yeah. Last three or four.
1: Well, I mean Kerr. Kerr won multiple, two. but he like won two after yeah. he already won. Three.
0: But Kerr, Ty Lue, Nick Nurse, and then Frank Vogel. So new hires and new places have proven to pay immediate dividends. It seems like in yeah. their first season on the job. So if Steve Nash were to pull it off, it isn't unprecedented. It's not as unprecedented as it was just five years ago. So. It just remains to be seen we have to see how they play like it's going to be interesting i think they, they they're they definitely the most intriguing team going into this season it's a lot of unknown it's a lot of belief in what their potential could be and what they can be but we don't know yet and so i yeah. think they are the most interesting team going into the season a lot of pieces like a lot of pieces we we're talking about one ball <laughs> that's a team that you only have one ball All right like Kyrie is gonna he's gonna take 20 shots and 18 to 20 shots a night. Kevin Durant is going to take 18, 20 shots a night. Carslavert. Carslavert is going to have to get his shots. Joe Harris is going is you you want if you pay him what four years 75 million dollars, five years 75 million. You, you he needs to, to shoot 10 shots there. a night. He need yeah. you want him shooting around eight to nine, ten three pointers a game. Yeah. Um. You traded for Landry Shaman, He's going to have to get five, six shots maybe a night. And then of course Spencer Dinwiddie is there. That's the like. So it's just how they manage all of these these guys the egos and everything. We, you know the two top guys are going to get their shots. That's just not a question. You know Kyrie, Katie, yeah. they're going to get their shots. I think at this point, Joe Harris with his payday and Cars Lavert with his standing, and he like those. That's three and four probably in the pecking order. Yeah, is Spencer Dinwiddie, okay, being fifth before like is he going? Is he going to last? I think he'll probably get yeah. So it remains to be seen. But I think that this free agency has been as exciting as every free agency. It seems like it's been the last couple of years in NBA. NBA free agency has turned into an event of its own. While I, NBA might not be as popular in the United States as the NFL is, I think they do a good job. They've done something that the NFL has not been able to do, which is turn their sport into a 365 day league. I think NBA is off season and regular season, it, it and postseason. It has turned the league into a 365 day. league out of the year league like yeah and so this free agency draft trade all of this stuff that's happened in the past week has just added to the intrigue of this upcoming season we're only about two weeks away now from training camp starting up on yeah. december 1st and the season starts december 22nd it's gonna be really fun and if this free agency period is any indication we're in for a wild 2020 2021 nba season but Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Play for Keys podcast. Make sure you follow us at Play for Cups Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter and Instagram, and make sure you follow us at the Elite Media Group underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, we are out. Thanks for tuning in.